Hey guys, welcome to the Eight Limbs Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Wagner, and I'm here today with my esteemed colleague, Luca Bordon, the most prolific kickboxing and pants karate historian on Twitter. How are you doing today, Luca? <laughs> Hi, how are you doing, uh, Ryan? It's good to hear. All right, so today we have a Patreon request, and it was such a good question that I decided to turn it into a whole podcast. It's from our friend CobraCore, who's asking for a review of the top Chinese kickboxers and nobody who fights for one. <laughs> <laughs> But before we get into discussing the Chinese kickboxers, I wanted to talk a little bit a bit about the Chinese style. So, what are the obviously Chinese kickboxers are usually coming from a sanda background, and if you watch sanda, it's basically like Chinese kickboxing with wrestling, but they have a more traditional martial arts flavor to their style. So they have a really bladed stance. They use a lot of kind of like the in and out bouncy footwork, um, yeah. and they use a lot of like side kicks and spinning kicks that are really fun to watch. So what are the uh, main aspects that stand out about the Chinese kickboxing style for you, Luca? Uh, I think discipline. They are, they are like really disciplined and uh, a bit robotic with their footwork and, uh, and boxing. Like when you when you watch a Chinese kickboxer, uh, you can immediately identify that he's Chinese and from Sanda. And uh, because if you, you you could put like a, you know that footwork drill where they put a, a rubber band between the legs. Yeah, to start the same, uh, you you could put uh, that on, on basically any Chinese kickboxer that, uh, that during a fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all have um, really bouncy styles from the Sanda background. They do a lot of combination punching, a lot of like swarming and punch flurries, and it's kind of weird because when I watch like amateur Sanda, I don't know if China actually has a professional Sanda league or competition structure, but amateur Sanda really doesn't focus much on boxing. So if you watch the like World Sanda Championships, they'll be doing a lot with kicks and takedowns, but there's not really much punching in it. But when they get into kickboxing, most of the guys, the Chinese guys with the Sanda background, focus heavily on punches. They do a lot of combination punching and swarming. Um, one thing I've wondered about that is that, like, whenever I see a uh, like a breakout Chinese kickboxer and look up their background, they'll have some weird regional title in Sanda. But it seems like nobody that you actually see winning world championships in their amateur Sanda, like world championships, really goes into kickboxing. I'm not sure if you know why that is, but do you have any idea why the the top guys in Sanda aren't really going into kickboxing? Does China like, pay really well for them to stay in amateur Sanda? Yeah, I don't speak Chinese, and there's, there's really few uh, English uh, source, source material on this. But I think, uh, yeah, I, I think if you have a really high uh, high level in Sanda, I think you 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 can be set up uh, as a coach later or something like that. Uh, that makes kickboxing where there's really no money, not really that viable an option. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't really know much about Sanda either, like the the actual history or structure of it. Because like you said, there's there's really no material in English on that. You just have to watch the fights where you can. Um, but all right, I'll get right into this. The Obviously, the, the first one that stands out in kickboxing is Tiu Jinliang. Combat Press has him ranked at number one at 67 kilograms and number nine pound for pound. Uh, he's I been fighting for. High, Go ahead. I think that's a bit high, but uh, I think I have him like uh, maybe top top three or four at um, at 65 and uh, top five at at 67. We at the fight site trust Luca's rankings a lot more than <laughs> other media outlets, so we'll go with that. Oh, but I, I, I trust Luca more than Brazil friends. They are not like the worst rankings I've seen uh, <laughs> <laughs> boxing uh, over the years. <laughs> Tiu has a kind of prototypical Chinese style. He uses the bouncy footwork with in and out feints. And it's interesting to see his fights with ties because it makes it really hard for them to time their entries with kicks. 
Um, so if you watch his fight with um, uh, Fairtex. Kyo Fairtex. Yeah, Kyo. Kyo starts trying to, to, to time his entries with kicks right away, but he's having a lot of trouble and he isn't really able to get a read on him. Um, so Kyo later in the fight started backing him up and throwing the kicks behind that, and then Tiu later adjusted by swarming. So Tiu's pretty versatile. He can fight off the back hook a little bit. He's not a, not really an outfighter, but he has some good counters if guys try to push into him. But mainly, he's a pressure fighter. Uh, he's great at closing distance. He uses a lot of weaves, uh, like stuff you don't really see a lot in kickboxing, where he'll use the like the rapid lateral movement and uh, like hip motion to weave his way into the pocket and then put combinations on guys. He's great at swarming against the ropes. Uh, he has really, really good boxing combinations, complex combinations. He'll manipulate the guard with hooks and uppercuts, go body and head, and he uses his weaving footwork and head movement to enter into them. Um, he's got really good uppercuts, and basically his thing is getting his opponent against the ropes and then going to work. He does a lot of cool stuff, like using his jab to draw a high guard and then set up his combinations. Um, he's really good at sweeping too. He has a nice light inside leg kick that he uses to break guys' balance when they're trying to kick him or just to trip them out a little bit so he can uppercut them. And he uses a lot of high amplitude spinning attacks and sometimes he goes a bit overboard with them, like he can just spam hook kicks now and again or spinning hook <laughs> kicks. But he also has some cool setups for them. He knocked um, one of the ties he fought. I think it was uh, uh, Subsicorn. So he knocked, yeah, he knocked him out with a like a spinning, a wheel kick or a spinning hook kick from clinch range. He was like chest to chest with him and pushed off and then used that to create distance for his spin. So he'll he'll like hide the spinning attacks behind. He'll clinch up with guys and go chest to chest and use that to hide his step across so he can step across his body before they're able to react and then push them away to spin. So it's cool to see someone who who has like a consistent way to get to those spinning attacks and doesn't just spam them randomly. Yeah, when he, when he gets a guy on the back foot, uh, I think he, had already, he, he has already good uh, spinning back kick too. He yeah. knocked out the uh, cam with it. Yeah. I think that's one of his best wins too. And yeah, he was on the, one of the first guys to... Um, because for, for a few years, like uh, until like uh, 2015, something like that, you had the uh, top kickboxers taking a fight in China here there, but uh, you could tell that, that they took it like a vacation because you're fighting a Chinese fighter and uh, <laughs> just like eh, I'll, visit, I'll visit Beijing. It's it's, it's probably cool. And uh, then he didn't lose to a Chinese fighter, but um, Rico lost to um, Erasim Shuk in China. And then uh, Shu beat Mosab um, uh, Romani, who was, uh, I don't know if he was still the champion then, but he was a really highly, highly ranked fighter. Like, uh, he was top three or five at uh, a 65 kilo back then. And it was a big upset when, uh, when John Long beat him in like 2015. I think that was really the start of, uh, like, ah, uh, China is on, is on the rise. And uh, from then, you, you've got like, uh, he paved the way for uh, fighters like Kui Rui, uh, Wang, uh, Wang Wenfeng, uh, other guys like that, uh, Deng Zixi, which we will we'll talk about later. For sure. And Tiu has wins over a lot of great fighters. Um, like we mentioned, he beat KU Fairtex. He beat, he knocked out Kem Sitsong Pinong. He beat uh, Alexei Ulyanov. Who we both think pretty uh, highly of. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, that, I, I think that the tournament where he beat uh, Ulyanov in the semifinals and uh, Salvador in the, um, the El Salvador French fighter who beat Chai uh, in 2015 or 16. Yeah. Uh, he beat them both. I'm not sure I really agree with, with the decision, but the fights were close. Yeah, that's fair. That's another uh, trend we'll see a little bit as we continue discussing this. Uh, Chinese fighters are hard to win decisions against in China. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty hard. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's got, a, he's got a, a lot of good wins. He's, he beat John Tong, which by extra round decisions, I'm not sure I agree with, but he, he beat uh, Andrei Kulibin, a uh, Belarusian fighter, very, very good. Uh, Bovier, who was shot back then because 2015 Bovier is not so, so, <laughs> so great a win. Uh, 
Bah, tiens, il beat Kulibin euh, twice, Bobby twice, euh, Mosamamandia mentioned, Ilias Boulaïd, tout. Ou, I think he's in, uh, he's in Bellator now, Boulaïd. Is he in Bellator? Yeah, if I, if I see him in now. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I he is. That's, the, yeah. that's something. Huh. Yeah, not the guy I would have picked for for, uh, for MMA career, but... Yeah. So you tried out MMA too? He had an MMA fight. Yeah, the, so I well. think, uh, last year or in 2018, uh, all the Glory of Heroes guys, uh, Denzechi, uh, I'm not sure if Denzechi had one, but uh, Wei Rui had one, he got submitted, yep. uh, John Young too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, they tried to, to, to have all, all, all of the guys uh, fighting MMA and it didn't go so well. <laughs> yeah, that was an experiment that only really happened the one time. <laughs> they learned from that. But anyways, so Tiu Jin, Jin Liang is probably the, by rankings at least, the top Chinese kickboxer in the world. Um, that brings us on to our next guy. One of my favorite kickboxers, possibly my favorite at the moment, Wei Rui. Yeah, Combat I think Press. Wei Rui actually is the best, uh, the best Chinese kickboxer at the moment. Yeah, I agree. It's been a little while since he fought. He recently, in the last couple months, just fought um, Liu Xinming, Xianming, and Wang Pengfei, who are both quite good. But before that, it was quite a while before he fought anyone I'd actually heard of. Yeah, I think his best win is in the last few years since he lost to Urabin K1 is uh, Denzechi. Yeah. But um, Combat Press has him ranked at number 8 at 65 kilograms right now. Um, he's better than his ranking suggests, just because it's been a while since he was consistently fighting top competition. Rui is... Yeah, um, uh, Combat Press, I don't, I don't think they have uh, rankings for 63 kilos, which, which is really his best weight. Yeah. And uh, let me check my rankings for a second. I think I have him like uh, maybe top three or uh, top three, something like that, at, uh, at 63. Rui's a super interesting fighter. He's really versatile. He, has, he uses that bouncing footwork the in and out footwork that we were talking about before he's really good at drawing counters with it um he'll like he can set a rhythm with his bouncing and then make it look like he's about to bounce in to draw out punches from his opponent that he's able to counter he uses sidekicks a lot but he uses them in a really consistent way he'll set them up with like footwork and feints um he can throw it on the counter and he builds off his sidekick He'll like he'll do what ties do with their teeth. They pick it up and then feint it to enter into punches. Um, he's really good at closing distance. I like his how he uses his long rear hand left hand straight as an entry. He'll throw that left hand just to get guys to counter it and to like distract them. And then he'll weave off of it or shift forward to catch them trying to counter him. He has really good lateral movement and exchanges. He's good at the open side counter straight, the thing you see Tension or Conor McGregor do a lot, where they get guys throwing the rear hand at them and then just kind of pivot a little bit inside of it and hit them with their own straight. He's really good at pivoting towards his rear side too in exchanges, which is a lot rarer. You'll usually see guys pivot towards their lead side, but yeah. when guys are moving towards their rear, it's usually more um, like general circling, but Rui will kind of like pull tight pivots to his rear side off his lead foot. He's good at uh, throwing inside leg kicks while pivoting at the same time. So you'll see exchanges a lot where he, like the guy goes to hit him and he kind of spins around them while kicking his leg. It's pretty cool. Um, generally, where he is as a fighter, he can kind of do everything. He's good at swarming against the ropes when he's able to, but mostly he's a pocket fighter. He wants guys just kind of on the edge of his range, following him and trying to, trying to hit him so he can counter them. He's a little bit vulnerable to pressure if guys are able to to not take the bait and fire at him from long range. In his fight with uh, Wong Pengfei, he was kind of playing with Pengfei a little bit earlier in the fight, encountering him at will, and then later Pengfei started to, instead of throwing, taking the bait and throwing at, at his head from a long range, which Rui would then counter easily, he would start walking him down and pushing him back and then working when he was against the ropes, and he had quite a bit more success with that. Rui is a really good kicker. He throws. He has those Sanda-style kicks where they throw them without really opening the hip much. They're very quick, but there's not as much stopping power if guys step into punch, which is how you saw him get knocked out by Koya Urabi, who who stepped in to counter the round kick and just blasted him with a straight. Um, he has good proactive defense. He's good at dipping and slipping his head offline while he's entering the pocket. Um, and 
he's good at swarming on the ropes too. He's usually more of a, a pocket distance fighter, but when he's able to pressure guys to the ropes, he has really good combinations and can tee off there. It's really fun to watch. He's one of my favorite guys to watch at the moment. Yeah, he's my favorite Chinese kickboxer uh, with uh, Wang Wenfeng. Uh, he, has, he has a really good uh, left knee too. Yes. Which he finished he, uh, ZT with uh, that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did. Nasty one. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really complete on this game. It's, it's pretty rare for, uh, for Chinese fighters, uh, especially those with the Thunderbase. You see some uh, that did uh, a bit more Muay Thai that, uh, that have good knees. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really uh, rare to have a um, Chinese guy with good knees. I think that really sets him apart from, uh, from the rest. Yeah, he's really good at uh, catching kicks too, which is something you see in Sandal a lot. Yeah, you see them uh, catch front kicks and uh, almost go for wrestling takedowns from there. Yeah. Like, um, you, you don't see the, uh, that much these days. I think uh, the refs in China get got a, a bit less lenient with uh, the clinch and, um, and throws in general. Uh, to, I think they want to their fighters to be more um, international style, I guess. Yeah, makes sense. But, uh, five, five or six years ago, you, you, you saw a lot of guys... Uh, Catch the uh, catch a front kick, run of the uh, run down the pipe. Uh, is that the uh, the whistling term? Running the pipe to um, to go for a single leg, uh, basically. And you don't see it that much anymore. Right. Rui has a lot of good wins. Um, recently, he beat Liu Xiangming and Wang Pengfei, like we said, who are both quality kickboxers. Um, a couple of years ago, he beat Deng Ziti, who we'll talk about a little bit later. He's he was in K1 for a while and he beat uh, Ganapar Weirasakrek and Ren Hiramoto, who are both very good. He also has a win over Pet Panamrung. I did not score that for him, but it was a close fight anyway. Yeah, it's a close fight. I think uh, I, I I originally didn't score score that for him, but uh, I watched it back like a year later and it's not uh, the robbery I thought it was. Yeah, makes sense. He also beat the absolute shit out of Tananchai. Yeah, yeah, really. I think Tananchai wasn't that, that active uh, in those days, but uh, yeah, that was a really good win. Uh, he beat Pakon twice or two. I think that was really the when I started noticing him. Yeah, twice. Uh, yeah, but that was uh, yeah Pakon's international career is uh, yeah. another subject. <laughs> yeah, it was a very late career, Pakon. Um, yeah, I. If you're going to take anything from this podcast, I think the main lesson to be to take would be watch Wei Rui. He's a lot of fun. He's super interesting. Um, our next guy is Jia Ioti. Combat Press has him ranked at number 6 at 69 kilograms. Uh, I'd imagine you probably don't have him so high in the rankings. Uh, let me check. Jia Ochi, I have him in number 6 at 67 kilos, but he's not like... A... A really deep division at the moment because it's stuck between a uh, lightweight and a uh, 65. So uh, lightweight and featherweight for you MMA fans. And uh, 67 kilos, it's it's an historic. Uh, it's, historically, it's a good division, but uh, for the last like uh, decade or 20 years, it's been uh, the, the fights have been more at 65 kilos. So K1 just started. Uh, I think they started like uh, to do 67 kilo, kilo uh, like two years ago with that shitty tournament uh, Yuta Kubo won against Mount Dragon in the final, if you remember. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the depth isn't quite there yet. Man, I'm glad I have you to like translate the, the kickboxing weight classes for me because mm -hmm. kilograms messes me up. I can understand weight classes when they're like 135 pounds, but as soon as you say yeah. like if you give a weight in like 67, I'm, I'm just gone. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not a weight. That's uh, boxing welterweight. Yeah. More or less. I don't know. That, that still confuses me. But Jia IoT, what do you think of him as a fighter? Uh, I, I'd put him in the tier below, uh, below um, guys like uh, John Lang, uh, Zechi, or uh, I'm not quite convinced yet. I. What are his present screen? Yeah. Yeah, he beat uh, Tawan Shai, which... Uh, don't remind me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mention it. But yeah, I think his fight with, with Pech Tanong wasn't quite uh, the win it uh, sounds like. A, no? a horrible <laughs> robbery. 
Yeah, and uh, I can't remember exactly what I thought about his fight, his fight with Bulaid, but I'm not sure I was quite convinced. It's, a, it's an extra round in China, which is about the same as an extra round in, uh, <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of IoT either. I have still have some questions about him, and I don't really like his style. He's a brawler with a high pace, works a lot in punching flurries, um, not really like a deliberate boxer like Tiu Jin Liang or Wei Rui. They'll they're very deliberate in their boxing. They'll like they'll throw setup punches to land a big like they'll throw uppercuts to get you to drop your guard down the middle and then throw a big hook around the center. IOT is more just kind of flurrying. Um, he has the typical Sanda stuff, the bouncing footwork to set up his entries and flurries, decent open side body kicks. The way he caught Tao and Chai in their fight, um, he was doing a lot of like the bouncing in and out. And Tao and Chai kind of like misread that. He, IOT bounced back. And then when he was coming in, because of the way he'd been moving earlier, Tao and Chai expected it to be bigger. But he just bounced in a little bit. And Tao and Chai went to counter him with a kick. But he saw that he wasn't coming in so far. So he pulled it back at the last moment. And then IOT just kind of swarmed him and hurt him with punches. So that's like an example of how that Sanda bouncing footwork can confuse guys that are looking to time their entries. Uh, he's good at catching kicks and countering them with punches or sweeping. Chai also struggled a lot with that. Whenever he would throw uh, closed side body kicks to IOT, he would catch them and counter. Although he hasn't, all the ties he fought have been southpaw. Petschenong and Chai, or yeah, Petschenong and Chai were both southpaw, and IOT's southpaw as well. So he's been a little bit fortunate that the bigger kickers he's fought have been kicking into his closed side. Yeah. Probably wouldn't be as easy against a, an orthodox tie. Um, he has some all right footwork on the outside, but in exchanges, he's not doing a lot of lateral movement like Wei Rui. He's mostly just kind of flurrying. Good punching and kicking combinations. He punches off his body kicks and he can he sets up his kicks with punches all right. Um, he's beaten, like we mentioned, Tao and Chai. He won the... 67 kilogram, I think it was, yeah. uh, tournament in Wuling Fei. The final was against Pechchenong Benchamek. He did not win that fight. That was a robbery. Recently, he's beaten Wang Pengfei, who we mentioned back when we talked about Wei Rui. Pengfei is pretty good. But that was a close fight as well. I kind of think Pengfei won that fight. Yeah, I can't remember exactly how he scored it, but yeah, if I, that was a close fight. And he lost, uh, he got KO'd. Uh, I'm not sure I saw that his fight in June. Oh, um, against Xiang Ming? Yeah. He was doing pretty good earlier. He was uh, boxing him up a little bit, but Xiang Ming was consistently landing big knees to the open side, and then he finished him in round two with a head kick. Just killed him. Yeah. That was a fun fight, actually. But yeah, IOT, fun fighter. Um, worth watching, but not not my favorite. Probably not one of the yeah, best. He's really an elite fighter. I think the, the thing that, that sets apart the, the great Chinese fighters and the decent ones who are going to make appearances against good fighters is um, the, def the defense. Yeah. You've got... They, they, they can all uh, punch in combination. Uh, they're, they're all a bit lacking in uh, punch kick combinations. It's not really something you see Chinese do too much, uh, except way we a bit... Uh, or maybe like just a jab low kick, uh, so something basic. But it's not really like uh, you, you don't see them uh, closing uh, a free punch combo with, uh, with a low kick uh, like uh, a Dutch guy would. Yeah, the the way they set up their kicks with punches are more like slick little tricks. Like um, Dang ZT will he'll use like a long right hand to throw a marching lead leg body kick, but they're not doing like Dutch combinations where they're throwing three punches, jab, cross, lead hook, and then pounding a kick in there. They're more just kind of like trying to trick you with one shot and then setting up a kick. Rui Rui does some of those combinations, but most for the most part, they they put them together like one punch and one kick rather than yeah. And when they're swarming, they rely more on their hands. Yeah, and then a flashy kick uh, on its own, uh, like a, a spinning back kick, a spinning hook kick, or something like that. Uh, once a guy is on the back foot. Yeah. All right, our next guy. Uh, Zhu Shui. Do you have Zhu Shui ranked anywhere in your rankings? Uh, let me check. Ibi Turabe, so I must have him somewhere. <laughs> uh, I have him at six at uh, 63 kilos. But uh, he lost recently to Jinning, so maybe I'll have to change that because 
a single win. Uh, he's got two good wins, but uh, his record is really spotty before that. Yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, I didn't even, I wasn't really paying attention back when he fought Irby. And after it happened, I was kind of surprised. So I looked him up. And like you said, his record is very spotty. Um, he, he only recently kind of started fighting elite competition, I think. Uh, he has a lot of losses to guys I haven't heard of. In... Uh, so let me run down his losses. So Liu Wei, a uh, very good Chinese fighter, his first loss in 2015, so it's not really uh, something worth mentioning. He's a good fighter. Uh, Pashkai fought in K1 at 63 kilos. I think he fought Ren Iramoto and got knocked out. Decent uh, Russian fighter, but he's kind of disappeared since then. Uh, Edward Mikovic, I don't know, but he's Belarusian, so presumably... He's good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he lost to Gianni Fiorenti, who, who I consider maybe the best prospect in French kickboxing. Really slick fighter. Uh, Pietro Dorji is a, a standard uh, Dutch guy. Some Canadian guy, Ferdas Nayemi, don't know him. Wang Junyu, uh, some Chinese fighter. And Denis Vosik uh, is a German guy. He's one of the better German guys, but it's not like that's really that many great German fighters in kickboxing. So yeah, I'm not really... I, I need to be convinced. Uh, he has two good wins against Tourabe and uh, Asaisa, who, who is really, really good. But like, it's uh, one quick knockout of, uh, over Urabe and uh, a decision he won uh, because of a, of a knockdown. So uh, I, I think I still need to see him uh, fight a legit, uh, a legit kickboxer and uh, dominate him from start to finish before I'm quite ready to to say he's on he's gonna be something great yeah i don't really know too much about him because i honestly i had a lot of trouble finding tape on him uh the irby fight was finished very quickly he just kind of knocked him out right away with the straight left um the asahis fight i actually couldn't find so i had to watch like a two minute highlight and it's one of those like glory of heroes type things where the youtube video says chinese Chinese man unleashes power of mountain on white devil foreigner or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like a two-minute highlight of him kicking the crap out of Asahisa. But from the little bit I could see of Zhu Shui, he puts his punches and kicks together pretty well. He has decent combinations, and I like his boxing combinations quite a bit. He doesn't do like the wild flurries like IoT does so much, but they're very deliberate combinations. Uh, he has a really good left hook, hits uses the body body shots to set up head shots well. I think one of the knockdowns, or maybe that was the only knockdown on Asahisa, he like threw a straight right to the body and then kind of held off a moment for Asahisa to counter, then immediately dropped him with a left hook. It's a good combination puncher, solid boxer, I, but other than that, I don't know too much about him. Yeah, he's more of a prospect for the future that got a couple of big wins, and, uh, and I think he needs to... To just confirm that he that is that good, or uh, the problem is that I'm not sure uh, he's gonna have that that kind of competition in Wulin Feng, because I think Wulin Feng and uh, Chinese kickboxing uh, in general is starting to because it, it's getting pretty big in China. I think they they're, they're getting to they're tie fighting it a bit. If you, if you see what I mean. <laughs> yeah, the um, Glory of Heroes matchmaking has been just dreadful lately. Yeah, the only reason Rui actually started fighting anybody of note is because he got out of Glory of Heroes. Yeah, and he got to K1 for like a year, and uh, I, I hope they bring him back someday. But uh... even in uh, like his first two fights in Wulin Feng were against Peng Fei and Shang Ming, who are good. And then if you look at his Glory of Heroes record, it's like random Italians. Spanish, Iranian. Uh, Santana is like uh, Simon Santana, uh, Norwegian guy. I think he's like uh, he was he was in super combat back in the day, and he was like decent, but it's not like uh, something you'd really mention if you if you wanted to rank a fighter. Right. So yeah, Zhu Shui, someone to keep an eye on, but I don't really know a, a ton about him, and there's not a lot of tape available on him. If you're trying to look up like Chinese kickboxers, you're gonna have to settle for watching like three minute highlights curated by the Chinese promotions YouTube account or like potato footage or the fights not yeah. available at all. It's really a throwback to the time where you watched Muay Thai uh, with a cell phone footage from the ring. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad when, when Muay Thai is a lot more accessible and high quality footage than Chinese kickboxing. Yeah, you've got uh, streams from Raja Damnan uh, in Ajdin. 
It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, also- Moita is doing pretty well for that for the footage right now. Um, all right, our next guy mentioned Dang Ziti. Um, I don't think Combat Press has him ranked. Do you have him in your rankings anywhere? Uh, let me check that. I think I have him 12 at uh, 63 kilo again because it's like a division full of Chinese guys. <laughs> Anyway, all the Chinese guys, like like many of the Asian countries, they have fighters like uh, 65 and uh, and under, and nothing above. Like Japan. Go ahead. No, no, I I was just saying, uh, like Japan or Thailand, or uh, there's not really any other kickboxing countries in uh, in Asia. But yeah, they have uh, they're small. Yeah, ZT. I wasn't able to find a lot of his fights against good competition. There's a lot of him beating up, again, random Italian dudes I've never heard of. Um, he does have some good wins. He beat Lerdzilla. He beat Stavros. I'm not going to attempt to say that guy's last name, but if you follow exactly. K1, you know who Stavros is. Yes. He beat uh, Rumravi, who's a decent tie. And recently he beat, I guess within the last two years or so, beat Christian Spectu, who was around in K1 for a while. He beat uh, Sergio Walesen to I haven't I'm not too familiar with him, but I think I've heard you talk about Sergio before. Yeah, Sergio Wilson is a veteran, a sort of a journey elite journeyman at uh, 60 and uh, 63 kilos and around. He, be, he also beat Javier Hernandez, a uh, Spanish fighter, he's the former East Showtime champion. And uh, he was in K1 until uh, Taiga beat the shit out of him and he left the ring. <laughs> But uh, yeah, really good fighter, Javier Hernandez. Uh, he had a really good fight with uh, Hirotaka Orabe. Uh, that was uh, the tournament where uh, Koya and Hirotaka fought each other. And uh, I think if uh, Hirotaka lost uh, the, the, Koya, the first Koya fight, it's because of his war with, um, with Hernandez uh, in the semifinals. Okay. It's a really good fight. It comes down to like a knockdown in the last seconds of the extra round or something. Really excellent fight. For ZT, um, he's a, a little bit more of a kicker than most of the other Chinese guys. Um, he does a lot of work with kicks on the outside. If you watch his fight with uh, Christian Spectu, he basically picked him apart with kicks for most of it. Uh, he has he does like cool marching combinations into his kicks. He'll throw um he does a lot of kicks with his lead leg too, rather than his rear leg. So he'll throw like long right hands and then step forward to, so he's in southpaw to throw the left leg body kick. Um, his work in the pocket is super aggressive, a little bit sloppy. He's really wild in the pocket. Um, so he'll use like the long range kicks to score at range and keep guys on the outside. And either when he can pressure them to the ropes or when they try to step in on him, he'll just like kind of go wild and bang it out. He's not great defensively, but he's, pretty good puncher so him kind of freaking out in the pocket works a little bit yeah he's got the power to do it and uh, at least he'll knock you out or uh, maybe he'll get a knockdown that will um, secure the decision for him in the in the, in the, in the type of exchange uh, of exchanges, exchanges. He, yeah he also got a bit of uh, a win over uh, Chan Yong Li who's in rise now uh, and uh, did really well in the well, not really well because he lost to Liu like Pet, Kenju Meno recently, but uh, top uh, top fighter in uh, in the division in uh, Japan. Our next guy is Jin Ying. I could barely find any footage on him. Yeah, I uh, cannot find him. I saw a fight against Fabricio Andraj. He lost that, um, and he looked like super wild and crazy, fun to watch. He does a lot of like he did a lot of crazy leaping attacks, um, like wild flurries in the pocket, but not a, he didn't seem very like scientific, not a lot of deliberate combos, just a lot of going crazy. But then again, I couldn't find, he's also beat, he beat Zhu Shui and he beat Zhao Changyang, who are solid fighters. So maybe maybe he's doing something else that's good, but like I wasn't able to, to watch his, those fights with good, where he beat good fighters. So I, do not know much about Jin Ying. Yeah, I'm not too sure. And uh, like a lot of Chinese guys, uh, spots a record before he gets on the scene and beats Zhu Shui. Like he's lost twice to Denis Vosik, uh, twice to Adrian Maxim, who's a decent fighter, but not like anything special. Uh, he lost to Tan Shai, which no, no shame in that. And yeah, he lost to Daiso Sasaki, uh, the crush champion, too. 
So, yeah, I'm not too sure. I need to find more VIM. But uh, the internet is what it is, and it's not always that easy. <laughs> yeah. His pro record goes back to, like, 2014, too, when he, his Wikipedia page lists him at 20 years old, or 22 years old. Yeah, I think that's the thing with uh, a lot of Chinese fighters. Just, uh, since, like, uh, since they started becoming good, uh, they fight a lot. Very young, okay, almost like ties. And uh, it's not in order to have them uh, spot your records early uh, when they're like from 18 to 22 because they fight, they fight fighters that are objectively too good for them. But uh, it's like Japanese fighters uh, getting thrown to each other uh, at 18 and uh, becoming good later. So yeah, he's a guy to watch, but uh, not enough info on him uh, yeah. just yet. Quite a fun fighter. Um, like any fight of him is probably going to be entertaining, but we don't have too much to go on here. Our next guy I'll mention is Wang Wenfeng. I know Cobra Corps said no, nobody who's fought in one, but he's not here right now, so we won't tell him. Where do you have Wang Wenfeng ranked? Uh, I have him... If my mouse starts working... I think I have him maybe fourth at 60 kilos, I think. Uh, fifth. At, uh, at 60 kilos, just below Takeru, Enashi, Shiratori, and uh, Timur Nodrov, which I'm going to drop soon because he left for boxing. <laughs> I don't know too much about One Fang, so I'll let you take over this one. Uh, let me find his record. Uh, mostly, he's a, he, he reminds me a bit of, um, of Rui Rui in the style. Really, uh, sort of, really subtle head movement. The basis, the, the, the basis of this game is uh, like other Chinese fighters, uh, bouncy footwork, uh, decent boxing, bit more of a counter fighter than, uh, than other guys. So in, the, in that sense, a bit like uh, like Wei Rui. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's, he has two he has two fights uh, with Ilya Senashi, who is really really good. I think maybe uh, the best uh, Dutch fighter at the moment. Uh, he won the first one. I don't quite agree with that, and he lost uh, for the tie for the one uh, title against um, Enashi. Uh, he lost that one. I agree with the decision, but it was a much closer fight. And uh, yeah, he also has some some weird losses to like uh, Denis Fosik again, and uh, Alex Das some uh, some random uh, Portuguese and. And uh, Spanish fighters, but he made the, fin- uh, the, the final of Cologne tournament against Sexan. And yeah, really, really good fighter. I think he's gonna be uh, our easy 27, so he's in his prime. But uh, yeah, I think he's gonna be, he's gonna do some things in one. Which uh, I'm sorry, I know one has a <laughs> bunch of issues, but uh, kickboxing wise and Muay Thai wise, I like what, what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, their MMA is. Yeah, not very good, but they they have one of the more interesting kickboxing boxing rosters on the sport, especially now that the coronavirus thing forced them to actually make Thai versus Thai fights. That was really a godsend. <laughs> yeah, and he's also won, uh, I think I started ranking him when he won the, um, the Kunlun tournament at 61 kilo, where he, he beats Petku, Christian Petku, Daniel Puertas Gallardo, really good Spanish fighter. Uh, you wouldn't win if you only saw him uh, get knocked out by, by Takeru, but he's a really good fighter. And uh, Lin Xiangbang, who beat uh, Sexan in the tournament. All right, do you have um, any other interesting Chinese prospects you want to bring out, or uh, you want to talk about a little bit about historical Chinese fighters? Uh, I have Liu Wei who fought a bit in uh, in K1 and has a draw. With, uh, let me check. Where is this? I don't think he has a Wikipedia page. That would be too too nice. So I'm gonna have to find his playlist. So yeah, Liu Wei fought uh, in K1. I can't remember who he fought in the tournament, but I think he got robbed. So probably a Jap- uh, Japanese fighter. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's got. He fought uh, KO twice, I think. He's got like uh, I think his record is like 30 and 14, but it's is uh, better than his record. And I only have like yeah, he fought in K1 twice. If 
I had more fights on him. I think he, he, he fought a few times and uh, I think he got a draw against KU, but I'm not quite sure. And uh, yeah, really, really competitive with Thais and uh, should have gotten uh, another shot in K1. He, did, he fought uh, against Lou, uh, against uh, Kong Napa. Gonapar for uh, those who only hear his name from K1. Uh, and yeah, he had a really good fight against uh, Kong Napa. I think he... I think he's always too at his late 20s too, so he, he's a guy I'd like to see get a, sh a shot uh, at international competition more often. You mentioned him to me, but uh, I couldn't find a Wikipedia page for him, so I kind of gave up after not being able to find any like, Dang Zidi or Jin Yang fights. Yeah, I have a playlist for him that has like uh, three fights. Two in K1 <laughs> and uh, something in Hero Legends. Okay. I How think about... Go ahead. I think he fought Gabriel Vargas to win a really good fight against uh, him back, back uh, when he had just lost uh, his glory title, I think. In terms of um, historical fighters, who are some uh, Chinese kickboxers from older eras that we should be aware of? Uh, there's a bunch of uh, Sanda guys who had some, uh, I think, it's, uh, towards the early 2000s, late 90s. I just need to find their names again. Uh, let me check. Because I've, uh, I'll make a confession, I'm absolutely terrible at remembering Chinese names. <laughs> Japanese and Thais, I'm okay, but Chinese, I just can't do it. Uh, Liu Ailong. So let me check. I think he's got a Liu They're all uh, like very short and they have the same phonemes. So it'll... yeah, uh, I can so see why it'd be difficult. You, you can almost like replace it with any other kind of Chinese sound, and it sounds very similar. At least, like, Hirotaka, Asahisa, names like that are n not hard to remember. They're very distinct. Yeah, the, the, the Japanese is relatively easy to pronounce once you realize there's, like, A, I, U, E, O, Kakiku, Keko, and it's always going to be that, and it's, it's easy to read. When you've got, like, Q, uh, Jianlong, I think it's actually pronounced Xu, Jianlong. So yeah, it's a bit. Uh, so yeah, Liu Aliong is uh, is 39. So he was fighting in uh, in the early term, in the 2000s. Uh, he's a Sunday world champion in uh, 2003, and he fought some ties. Uh, he beat Muslim uh, Salikov, who is in the UFC now, <coughs> to to win his title. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can't remember exactly who he fought uh, from Thailand. Yeah, so if Robert Kaino Racing and beat him, I don't know if you if you remember Robert. Yeah, I remember that that fight. How long? Uh, he like threw him out of the ring, didn't he? Yeah. And uh, a bunch of other ties. Sokmoko, I don't think that's a really big name, but uh, yeah, he was one of the first fighters to really uh, beat some ties. Mostly uh, Robert was quite old, I think, at, the, at that point, because he's a 90s fighter, and uh, I think the fight was in, like, 2003 to five, something like that. But, yeah, I think that was, that was one of the first big wins for, uh, for Sanda uh, over Muay Thai uh, at the time. And he yeah, was... Really... Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. He was... Uh, wasn't he uh, kind of, like, recognized as the universally as the Sanda greatest of all time until Shalikov came along and won... Uh, I don't know, like seven world championships or something. I'm not sure if uh, Salikov actually won that much because I know uh, I know he beat Salikov. Salikov won like six and then got second in one of them. Yeah, I think he beat him. Uh, I think uh, Liu um, Liu Ailong uh, beat him in uh, 2003, so before he won his first one. That was early in Selhov's career. Yeah, and he, I think later he, in Highlands. Yeah, he, it was. Um, he wanted to fight Kungli at the time, but it never happened because Kungli, uh, I think, went to MMA at the time. And uh, yeah, he, I think that some some sort of thing was, uh, that was World Thunder Kings. That, that, that was not uh, the World Championship, but uh, sort of their pro format, if you will. And uh, I think he won it like uh, three, three or four times. Ah. The the, Sunday, the King of Sunday tournament. Yeah, I don't. Do I'm they not do sure that anymore. No, I don't think so because I I haven't heard, heard about it in like uh, a decade. Yeah, I think it's just the the world the amateur world championships now. Not too sure how all that works. It's very confusing. Yeah, it's 
Chinese kickboxing is a mess to get into because it's Sanda and then I think uh, I think it was really big in the 2000s and uh, then I think Wuling Feng really started to take off uh, because Wuling Feng is quite old I think Wuling Feng has been around for uh, probably around 15 years something like that so I think it probably Wuling Feng probably uh, took, took the place of that thing and uh, otherwise, which other Sanda guy do I see? Shuyan, Kungli. Uh, Baoli Gao had, uh, is a name I, I, I sort of know. I had a place for him, but I think Alphabet got deleted because I did it like six or seven years ago. Yeah, everything's deleted. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I don't think he's got a Wikipedia page. It would be too nice. He had oh, some yeah. MMA fights. Yeah, Baoli Gao is known as a Muay Thai killer. <laughs> was 48 and 6 and let me see if I can find yeah he, those guys were all Sanda world champion and uh, yeah around 2000 or the 90s um, they they started bring back some sort of uh, challenge of course challenges like uh, that fought uh, that fight uh, Kyokushin guys or Muay Thai guys and uh, and stuff like that Generally, uh, in those type of things, uh, they, like the Japanese do today, they handpick they, they the, the, the guys they're bringing in. Yeah, and they were under standard rules too, right? Uh, yeah, they were, they were all under standard rules. So you, you get guys like... Um, you, you get a lot of fights where uh, Muay Thai guys get wrestled to death. Yeah, I remember he knocked out one of the ties with the head kick in, those, in that challenge match, right? Mm, probably, but my memory isn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other uh, guys you want to shout out or closing thoughts about Chinese kickboxing? Uh, did I say anything about Shuyan? You may have, but the names uh, are all sound very similar to me. Because you, uh, I think that was before we started recording. Oh, yeah. So, Shuyan. Uh, Shuyan is the first fighter. He's a bit of a journeyman. He's 47 and 21. Uh, you may have seen him against Giorgio Petrosian in 2015 in Hero Legends. He got knocked out with, uh, with a knee. But he's, uh, he's the first fighter to Chinese fighter, I think, unless I'm forgetting someone, but I don't think I am, uh, to win a fight in K1, which was a big deal at the time. Uh, he didn't really beat a great fighter. It was uh, Yuichiro Nagashima, Jinotsu, uh, cosplayer and... Uh, I'm, I'm wounded that you didn't call that you called Nagashima not great. He knocked out Shinya Aoki. If that doesn't make you great, I don't know what does. In the in the in the MMA one. <laughs> that that was one of my favorite combat sports moments. Aoki spends the entire first round, the kickboxing round, just flopping around and stalling, desperately trying to avoid getting knocked out. Then right away in the MMA round, he just gets his head caved in with a knee. Oh yeah, and this is um. This podcast is for Cobra Core, who's like the biggest Shinya Aoki fan on the internet. So that's a cool anecdote to slide in there. Yeah, so he knocked out uh, Nagashima. Then he went spotty for Boakao and lost. Because, uh, of course, he lost to Boakao. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he beat Pet, which was already old and didn't give a shit. But he fought uh, Sutsakorn, Abdallah Mabel, who was a really good fight, French fighter uh, on that time. He fought Lamson Kran too. So he, so he was really uh, one of the first fighters. He lost a lot. Uh, never got KO'd too much, but he was one of the first fighters uh, to really fight uh, good fighters internationally and be competitive. He has a win over uh, Max Zambidis. He drew with Sato uh, late, late in their careers, but uh, yeah, I think he, he's really the first guy that I took notice of and I was like, nice as a fight, as Chinese fighters. He loses a lot, but he's competitive with, uh, he's good enough to be competitive at, uh, at an international level. Otherwise, uh, stylistically, it's like your standard uh, standard guy, but just a bit better than uh, at kickboxing. Than the... Because early in, uh, like you said, in Sanda, uh, in straight Sanda, they don't really punch that much. They kick a lot and, uh, and they wrestle. Right. So they didn't do too well when, uh, when they transitioned to kickboxing. And he was one of the first guys to, to really be competitive in it. So you think yep, they adjusted their style after that more and kind of learned from that? Because they, nowadays they focus a lot more on their hands. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, that's just, uh, once again, that's just me guessing uh, because of other dynamics elsewhere. Like uh, in uh, China in the Olympics, once they decide to, to get good at the sport, 
it takes them like five years because you got yeah. uh, a billion guys, guys to to make a talent pool out, out of. And uh, yeah, I think because it was really it was really sudden the the rise of Chinese kickboxing. It was like uh, one day uh, if you go to, to to China in uh, 2014 to fight, uh, it's a vacation, and uh, from 2015 on, uh, you're in tough fight. <laughs> So I think really they, they must have put some some means into it and uh, really start to develop it. To I think when they, they saw that uh, there was only one doing Sander and nobody's gonna gonna come to to fight them, right. that to send fighters and uh, yeah I, th- I think there's probably uh, like uh, so, some kickboxing crews opened everywhere and uh, and they started to really put put some uh, some money behind it to to develop the, the talent pool. Makes sense. All right. Before we wrap up, do you have anything you want to shout out or promote? Uh, yeah. If you speak French, I have another podcast, Borderings, which I do with uh, my uh, no, no, other fight, uh, fight side, French fight side colleague, uh, Baba. And uh, yeah, I write uh, for Bolide uh, once in a while. Not too much these days because, uh, you know, <laughs> so. <laughs> It's a uh, it's a complicated time, but uh, yeah, I, pro- I probably start writing uh, again for uh, for fight site since I have more time to do it. Awesome! I look forward to that. And you guys heard him. Go check out Obor Doing, even if you don't speak French. It's worth it just to hear Luca and Baba's voice. <laughs> yeah, maybe in French. All right, thanks for joining us, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Their hands and feet and bones and knees. This is an art of boxing you would all love to learn. Suck them hard with your soul and then kick out and all. Ah.